This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Joe Exotic is this wild, cartoonish, flamboyant, mulleted, tattooed, gun-toting, large animal owner. Kind of the Mick Jagger, I'd say, of the large cat animal world. Carol's more a hippie, new age vibe, wears flower crowns. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens, it's Carol with Big Cat Rescue. Carol has fashioned herself as more of an animal activist. Big cats don't belong in cages. She says that what Joe is doing is not humane and should be stopped. Joe saw this as an attack on himself, his business. It'll be a cold day in hell before you completely stop me. What began as a feud between two exotic animal owners has become a crazy, complicated, cryptic mystery with Joe Exotic now sitting in prison and his nemesis, Carol Baskin, sitting accused by her own stepchildren of doing away with their dad, which she denies. But they do have some pretty wild theories of how he might have died. There's one that he was drugged and put in one of the small planes and dumped out in the Gulf. Then there's the whole Carol Baskin fed him to the tigers theory that she had her husband ground up in a meat grinder and fed him to the animals. It was such a weirdly fascinating unsolved story. I'm Erin Moriarty, 48 Hours, and this is my life of crime. This is a perfect mystery for these times. It's weird, wild, and endlessly fascinating. And the only person who can make sense of this case is my friend and colleague, Richard Schlesinger. Can you make sense of this case, Richard? <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, thanks thanks for setting me up like that. Come on, you investigated I'll, I'll do this case best. for 48 hours. I'll do my best. It is, uh, you know how we say from time to time, when we're talking, Aaron, about how this is the weirdest case we've ever done, and then the next case is even weirder. This is gonna, it's going to be tough to top this one, I'll tell you. Richard Schlesinger, my colleague on 48 Hours, knows about as much as anyone does about this case. You will not only hear from him, but also from some of the people he spoke to during his investigation. The drama began with Joe Exotic, a man who once ran an animal park in Oklahoma. 
his operation caught the eye and the ire of Carol Baskin of Big Cat Rescue in Florida. She accused Joe Exotic of abusing animals. He accused her of murdering her husband. And then Netflix produced a documentary, Tiger King, Murder, Mayhem, and Madness. And with that, a petty squabble became a battle royale. Well, let's do a little bit of background. First, starting with Joe Exotic, whose real name is Joseph Maldonado Passage. Well, that's his, that's his latest That's his latest name. He was once known as Joseph Schreibvogel. That was his maiden name, right? That was his first <laughs> name, I guess. Yeah. And so just so people understand, he, he's been really doing a lot of things. He once was a cop. Um, I read that he ran for president, but his more recent employment was running the Greater Wynwood Exotic Animal Park in Oklahoma. And that's really the important fact here, right? Right, and that's where the that's where the feud with Carol Baskin began. Carol Baskin runs a sanctuary for big cats outside Tampa, and is an animal rights activist. And went after uh, Joe Exotic, or as I like to call him, Mister Exotic, for for abusing animals and and using them as commercial instruments. Yeah, she picked the wrong person to have a cat fight with, didn't she? Oh, Sorry, I couldn't resist. Oh, are you proud of yourself now? Sorry. Keep going. Are, are you? Um, well, you know, I don't know if he picked the wrong person or if she picked the wrong person. These are neither one of these people. I think are people that you want to necessarily pick a fight with. Carol Baskin went after Joe Exotic because she didn't like the fact that he was packing uh, tigers in his car and driving to shopping centers and malls and charging money to have pictures taken with the cats. And he uh, struck back at her. He said that she was trying to destroy him, and he he made all these videos uh, uh, supposing that maybe she had something to do with Don Lewis's disappearance. Well, and that's really where your investigation started, isn't it? That looking into who Don Lewis was and what happened to him. Tell me about Don Lewis. Don Lewis was... <laughs> I wish that he was still alive. I would have loved to have met Don Lewis. He started his professional life, if you will, tearing apart engines and putting them back together, or pretty much putting together anything. Uh, he was, a, a, by all reports, an, an amazing self-taught sort of engineer. But he had no money. Uh, by the time he disappeared, he had somewhere between 5 and $10 million, depending on who you believe. And talk about being a self-made man. I mean, he... Made all that himself. Uh, well, with the help, he would buy anything of his first huh? wife. Well, <laughs> I, uh, yes and no. I mean, I, I'm sure that she contributed something, but um, this guy, from all reports, was an incredible entrepreneur and, a, and a, an amazing businessman who loved to buy and sell things. So, but he, I did want to. Of course, I was trying to hint to bring up Gladys, who was Don Lewis's first wife, because she's. Uh, Gladys, important character here too, and I use that word "character" with a lot of meaning. Yeah, no, Gladys is a character in every <laughs> sense of the word. Um, they were married for somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty-five years, and let's let's just say that Don Lewis enjoyed the company of women, uh, many of whom he to whom he was not married. Here's a portion from Richard's interview with a memorable Gladys. 
as she describes Don Lewis and their marriage. Was he a good husband? He was until I would get a call and say he's seeing someone. Ooh, well that's, pardon me, that doesn't sound like a good husband. He was. Up until that point? Yes. May I be a little impolite and ask you if you know roughly how many women he was seeing besides you? Uh, if you're talking about the whole 34 years I was married to him, or possibly 25. Forgive me again for asking, but how did that make you feel? Well, when I would find out, I would tell him I was leaving, and he would say, there'll be no more. Did you believe him? Of course, at that time, and as years went by, no. You have to make up your mind uh, to live in that situation or let it drive you crazy. And then, according to Richard, after a series of short-lived affairs, Don Lewis fell head over heels for a particular young woman. Can I tell you how he met Carol Baskin? Absolutely. This was, well, uh, to hear Gladys tell it, uh, Don was on his way to to see uh, one of his other girlfriends and was driving down the street in Tampa one night and saw Carol Baskin, who was a teenager at the time, but in a bad marriage, walking down the street crying. So he pulled over in his truck, she got in, they went to a motel, and the rest is history. Are you serious? So I asked Gladys, well, that's, <laughs> that's kind of what I asked Gladys. I said, wait a minute, let me understand this. So he was on his way to meet another girlfriend when he met Carol Baskin, uh, who was not Carol Baskin at the time, obviously. And she said, yup. But it does sound like, Richard, there could be a lot of suspects in Don Lewis's oh, yeah. disappearance because it seemed like oh yeah, like, like he got around. Maybe that's the best way to put it. He, uh, he was free with his affections. Well, so what is it about Carol that lured Don Lewis away from Gladys finally? Well, Carol was uh, quite good looking at the time. Uh, Don... Uh, apparently liked younger women. Uh, she was quite young at the time. Uh, who knows what <laughs> what magic was working that night on the street in Tampa. I, You know, who knows? So Don and Carol get married, and that's really when the cat sanctuary came into being? Or Yeah. Yeah, they got married, and they started this business uh, where they would they they bought a bunch of big cats and they put them on display and they had sort of a a bed and breakfast where you could come and stay and then hang out with tigers for a while and that worked out for a while until they started arguing over what should happen with the animals. Carol didn't want to breed them anymore, didn't want to sell them, uh, didn't want to use them as you know a business uh, venture. Don did. And so the, the, the story was that they fought over that. Um, and I, and uh, there were also stories that Don had uh, kept up his freewheeling ways with the ladies, which probably didn't do much for the marriage. So Don was still um, catting around? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Isn't that, is that's the second time? That's the second. <laughs> sorry, oh, no, the first one was a cat fight. Yeah. Yeah, sorry, that's sorry. Right. I, I had really getting your claws into this story, aren't you there? Aaron? Yes, I am. This story deserves mm -hmm. that. So if he's still patting around and they're fighting yeah. over what to do with the real cats um, and then Don suddenly disappears. How did that come about? 
Well, he was, Don had a, a lot of interest in Costa Rica. He had some businesses down there. He liked it. He would go there a lot, and he was planning to go uh, to Costa Rica to sell some used cars and trucks. Um, and so uh, he left work one day, and uh, a couple of days before he was supposed to go to Costa Rica, and that was the last time anybody saw it. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. It was August 18th, 1997. Don Lewis was never seen again. Could he have just decided he he had enough? Um, he had Carol, he had, you know, he had this. Oh, sure, yeah, no, that was one of the theories. There were all sorts of theories about what happened to him. And one of the theories was he just wanted to start a new life. The problem with that is, you know, he left behind between five and $10 million. There was, he, he never, tried to get it. There was never any activity on the account, left his families behind. Uh, so that seems to me, I mean, don't you think that seems a little weird, Aaron, that, you know, if he spent all this time accumulating all this money that he would just up and disappear? I agree. Did anybody see him? Like, so they, the story is that he was on his way to Costa Rica. Did he pick up an airplane? Did he fly to Costa Rica? I mean, when was the last well, time he was seen? The last time he was seen was when, well, the last time he was seen by people who will admit it is by uh, Anne McQueen, his assistant, who said he left and he was supposed to give her some, you know, VIN numbers for the cars that he was going to sell. Uh, he never called. She called him. He never called back. This went on for a day or two. Uh, and she called Carol and said, have you seen Don? And Carol said, no, I haven't. Uh, uh, should I call the police? And Ann said, uh, yeah, you think? <laughs> I think you should. But Carol Baskin told a different story about the day her husband disappeared. Carol's story was that uh, she went up in the middle of the night. She had to get up and get some food or some milk or something for the tigers so she went out and her car broke down. So she went home and got Don and he came out and helped her get the car. And then they went home and then he left the next morning and she never saw him again. So so what wasn't his car found at an airport? Um, yeah, his van, uh, a, a couple of days later, his van was found at a small airport. There, and there are a lot of these airports around the country that are uncontrolled. There's no control tower or anything. It's just an airstrip and some airplanes. And his, uh, his van was found there with the keys still in it, um, but, but no sign of him. 
And so the theory, there was a, a theory be, sprung up. His lawyer at the time told me that uh, he had heard that uh, people suspected that Don was up in an airplane, that he, Don was a pilot uh, and he liked airplanes and he was in an airplane as a passenger and somebody strangled him from the back seat and they threw him out of the airplane. And that's why his body was never found because he was over the Gulf of Mexico. I mean, these are very involved stories. But pilots don't think that's possible. As it turns out, Aaron, yes, I'm a pilot too. And I, I, I also fly the same kind of plane that or was one of the planes that Don flew. So I got, I got to thinking, you know, I, I hate to admit this, but I have taken off once with, without latching the door um, and nothing happened because when you're flying, you're going through the air, you know, pretty, pretty quickly. Uh, the air is keeping the door closed, so... Richard it, even took a similar plane up to test his theory. First of all, imagine the struggle involved in strangling a 170-pound man in this passenger seat. Then, if the plan was to push him out the door, that's a challenge. The slowest this airplane can fly is about 65 miles per hour, and that means winds approaching hurricane strength would be pushing against this door, trying to keep it closed. You'd have to open it, you'd have to keep it open, and you'd have to somehow wrestle the body out of here without interfering with the flight controls. Bottom line, I guess he could do it, but there are easier ways to get rid of a body. And in fact, Joe Exotic, without any proof, came up with another more popular and certainly more sinister theory. You know, uh, going back to Mr. Exotic, he was pushing the theory, uh, that's, that's the famous theory, that he was killed and fed to the tigers, put in a meat grinder and fed to the tigers. As a matter of fact, as, as another wonderfully bizarre part of this story, Joe Exotic made a music video demonstrating how he thought maybe Carol Baskin had fed uh, Don Lewis's body to the tigers. Don Lewis's first wife, Gladys, seems to think Carol was involved, although she plays coy in her interview with Richard. What was your first thought? I would love to tell you, but I better not. Can you give me a hint? You got it. You thought it was her? I can't say that. Would I be wrong in assuming that that was your first thought? Maybe. Maybe I'd be wrong? Maybe you might be right. And isn't that assuming then, if all those theories, though, um, uh, Mr. Exotic and and his children all point the finger at Carol Baskin, but what is what would be her motive? She was married to him. Why why kill him? Uh, for the money is what uh, is what Gladys thinks. Uh, I I asked Gladys that very question. I said, why would she want to kill him? She and Gladys looked at me and said, M O N E Y, money. Um, oldest, oldest uh, motive in the book. Before he disappeared, Don Lewis had talked about divorcing Carol. His lawyer told Richard that Carol stood to lose a lot if Don went through with it. So she would have lost a considerable amount of money. Millions. That's considerable. That's considerable. But then, we got to be honest, Gladys would have a reason to point to oh, sure. Carol Baskin. I mean, she's the scorned woman. Oh, I mean, Gladys would have every reason to point to Carol. We should point out that uh, Carol has subsequently pointed to Gladys 
and said that Don told her that Gladys tried to kill him three times before. Um, uh, so everybody's think there's any truth to that. <laughs> I, you know, I, I it's hard to say because you know it's 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 one person's word against another. The 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 interesting thing in support of Gladys's theory that that Carol might have had something to do with it is that Don filed for a restraining order against Carol shortly before he went missing. And in the restraining order, he said that, that Carol threatened to kill him. Is that true? Who knows? Uh, the, the restraining order was denied by the judge. There was a, a, a guy who uh, Carol dated after Don disappeared, who also filed for a restraining order. He said to Carol while they were dating, what happens if your husband shows up? And Carol responded, again, according to this guy, Carol responded, dead bodies don't talk. So, so Whoa. that's floating around, too. You see why this story is so involved, right? Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Bite, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Carol Baskin has said publicly that she feared that her husband might have dementia and that he simply got lost. But Don's daughters from his marriage to Gladys say that doesn't make sense. If a person at the beginning, your husband, you think he has dementia, he's got Alzheimer's, and now he's missing, do you turn his cell phone off after two or three weeks of him being missing? His only lifeline to reach you? Yeah. She turned it off three weeks after. Cancel the account. Mm -hmm. And why would you do that? Well, that's that's the question, isn't it? Why would you do that? Uh, Carol, Carol, uh, you know, I mean, that's... uh, He might call if, if in fact... That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's their point. But again, I mean, you know, this, uh, you gotta, more so than in a lot of cases, you've got to take a lot of these stories with a grain of salt. Um, A lot of time has passed. There's a lot of money involved. It's, I don't know. In the meantime, though, Carol Baskin acts like she has nothing to hide. She was. Oh, no, she's been very open about all of this. Yes. She, I mean, she wouldn't, she wouldn't talk stars. to us. She wouldn't talk to us, which was unfortunate. But she's been, you know, she's been doing Facebook videos, and she's been emailing people, and and uh, you know, she's been pointing the finger at Gladys, and she's been explaining some things. Um, oh, she's not been shy. And of course, you know, she had that turn on Dancing with the Stars, which I guess didn't work out as well as she may have hoped it would. But um, she has not been hiding. Carol Baskin was voted off Dancing with the Stars earlier this year, but she still landed on her feet. Her animal refuge in Florida is still going strong. Hi, I'm Carol Baskin, and I'm the founder and CEO of Big Cat Rescue. 
and her great nemesis, Joe Exotic? Well, he landed in prison, and here's how it happened. Back in 2010, Carol had tried to stop Joe Exotic from taking baby tigers to shopping malls. There were lawsuits, and Joe fought back with videos that he posted on YouTube. Hey, Carol Baskin, down there at Big Cat Rescue. Joe made videos about Carol, reviving those suspicions about her husband's death, and seemed at times to be threatening her. And it appears that he went too far. And you think I'm obsessed with you? Carol Baskin better never, ever see me face to face. He's posted pictures of an effigy of me hanging and pointing a gun to my head. A jury finds former Winniewood Animal Park owner Joe Exotic guilty. So here's what happened. So, you know, Joe Exotic was arrested after he tried to hire a hitman to, to kill Carol Baskin. That's how bad the feud had gotten. So he gets convicted of, of trying to have her killed, gets 22 years in the penitentiary, and Carol Baskin's the one who's like painted out as the bad guy. I was fascinated by that. Um, but that's the way that's that's the way things worked. So uh, you know, it's it's odd that the woman who was has not been charged with anything. And in in fact, uh, the local sheriff has said that not only is she not a suspect at this point, she's not even a person of interest. Um, yet she's the one who has to keep answering all these questions. Interesting, eh? Joe Exotic is now in prison for attempted murder, while Carol Baskin goes on with her life. And while viewers of the Netflix documentary, Tiger King, may suspect her of murdering her second husband, Don Lewis, authorities do not, although the case into his disappearance remains open. There are currently no suspects in the case. I think it's very interesting. She also, although she wouldn't talk to you, she did send you an email, right? Talking about all this is false. She denied everything very, I mean, very strongly. Um, Even the meat grinder? Well, she didn't have to deny the meat grinder because as it turns out, the sheriff said um, that when they went to, that the meat grinder wasn't on the property at the time. So I'm not sure how my, how well the meat grinder is going to going to stand up over time. Uh, do I think this case will ever be solved? I do not think so. I'm going to go out on a limb. Having said that, watch it'll be solved tomorrow. But um, it's just been so long, and you know, the other thing is, you know, what what these what these sort of amateur sleuths are doing is what we worry about the police doing all the time. They've They've just assumed that Carol did it, and so they're looking for evidence to convict Carol. So what if she didn't do it? Uh, you know, what, what if somebody else did it? Are you not looking for evidence uh, against anybody else? You know what I mean? It's a, it's, I, it, I do. It's, it's, it's a problem. I also don't want to get lost in all of this. Um, you spoke with his daughters. I mean, they, they love their dad. They, they were part of all, you know. They loved him. They 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 remember their childhood happily. Um, I mean, they didn't know about all of the philandering, but uh, he was apparently, you know, except for the philandering, a very good father. Um, and they, you know, they still love him, and they are one hundred percent convinced. I think that Carol Baskin killed him, but that's them. 
This case involves real people, but one of the viewers who watched the 48 Hours story remarked that there are no heroes in this. They're all antagonists. There's no one to root for in this case, maybe except for Don Lewis. And that the only victims are the cats. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I'm an animal lover, as you know. And uh, I worry I worry about what will happen to the Tigers. I, and you know what? I do think, you know, whatever kind of a guy Don Lewis was, um, he didn't deserve to die. Um, and so you do kind of hope that they, I mean, I, I hope they find out who did this. Um, I think he deserves it. I think his daughters deserve it. You know, you can root for the daughters. They are, you know, after all they've been through, they still have a lot of grace about them and um, they have a lot of pain. Um, but, you know, they deserve to know what happened to their father. Gladys, God bless her, Gladys deserves to know what happened to, to, to Don. Um, you know, I mean, there are some people who think she knows what happened to Don. Um, but yeah, I, I guess talking about it, I, I think there are people you can root for. You can root for Don, you can root for the daughters. Um, and that's something. You can root for the cats, the tigers. And you can root for the cats. I'm Erin Moriarty, 48 Hours, and that's my life of crime. A special thanks to the 48 Hours team, as well as my producers, Sam Egan, Alan Pang, and CBS Audio. Subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Twitter and Facebook at CBS Life of Crime. We'll see you next time. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're going to pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on AutoTrader. They're really good at numbers. AutoTrader. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on Wondery Plus.